scripture this morning is coming from the book of Matthew. I know, isn't it exciting? Matthew 24, verse 36 through 44. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, no one will be coming of no one, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will the coming of the, will be the coming of the Son of Man. When then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together; one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this: if the owner of the house had known what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The word of God for the people of God. Welcome to the new year. Advent marks the beginning of the Christian year. It is a time when we remember hope, love, joy, and peace. That Christ, that Christ brings to our lives. It is a time when we prepare our minds and our hearts for the birth of the one that we would call Lord, King, and Savior. It is the perfect time, if you feel like you've missed a key element in the story in the past, to listen up, start fresh, and grab the pearls of wisdom that Christ has in store for you this year. Our Advent narrative this year is going to be out of the Gospel according to Matthew. And although Matthew is a book that opens the New Testament of Holy Scripture, it is not the oldest Gospel. That award goes to Mark. Because Matthew draws from the Hebrew text more than the other Gospels, it is the perfect bridge between the two Testaments. The Gospel according to Matthew is also the book most used by the early church as its construction into five sections helps break down the catechism lessons for new believers. It also included both a birth and resurrection narrative, which helped people understand the biography of Jesus better. We aren't sure who wrote Matthew. There are some who think that it may have been a tax collector named Matthew who actually put the words down. There are other indications, though, that leave the authorship a mystery. What we do know is that Matthew was written most likely in year 80 because of the author's familiarity with the first Jewish revolt, which took place between 66 and 70 when the temple was destroyed. The author's familiarity with both Judaism and the, and ge and the geography of Palestine suggests that it was written in that area. Syrian Antioch is most often associated with Matthew but there is nothing concrete about where it was written. 
The only concrete information that we know is that, the, is that it is a book that gives us guidance, hope, love, joy, and peace through the good news of Jesus Christ. After reading this passage a few weeks ago as I prepared for December, I wasn't too sure how this passage was going to give, you know, going to give me hope to convey the idea to my, of hope to my congregations. Right off the bat, because of what we read and see, what we read and see in fictionalized accounts in print and film or TV, images of fear entered my mind. But I had to take a step back and take a moment to remember that fear is not a message that Jesus Christ put into this world. It is most certainly the message of just about everything else we hear in this world, but it is not what we hear from Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke those words in a time and a place of uncertainty. Times were bad for a lot of people, times that had repeated themselves for centuries and times that would continue to repeat themselves for the centuries to come. This passage comes after Jesus had declared his desire to gather everyone up and, get, and protect them, much like a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. Because in those days, and certainly the days that followed, a person could and would be taken away by the Romans if there was even a hint of dissension. It was a time of uncertainty, and so Jesus gave something that would bring them hope and give them something to be certain about. No matter what was going on in the world, no matter who was saying anything about signs of the coming of the Son of Man, no one but God knows when that will happen. Not one single human being or angel knows the time or the place when Jesus will return. Jesus doesn't even know. Only God, the Creator, knows that information. And so we find ourselves in the in-between time. We are readying ourselves to celebrate something that has already happened in the birth of Jesus Christ and the parousia or the second coming of Christ. And so we must be prepared. Jesus said that if the owner of the house had known when the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake. And Jesus is not suggesting that we never sleep again. Jesus is not saying never go out and live your life again. But Jesus is saying be prepared, have your house in order. Like a homeowner would lock the door, maybe get a dog, put in an alarm system. We can arm our souls for the time in which God gives the sign of the coming of the Son. How do we prepare ourselves to live in that in-between time? First, we love God, and we love our neighbors. Then we learn the lessons of Jesus Christ through the Gospels. We pray to God. We partake in the Eucharist. We live into our baptismal vows. And we learn to live in the present. I have a hard time living in the present. And I always have. I'm either stewing over the past and all of the times I've made an idiot out of myself, or replaying conversations of what I should have said, or 
I spend a lot of time worrying about the future and saying, oh man, I can't wait until. For instance, I don't remember being a junior in high school. Since I'm 36, clearly at one time I was 17, but I really don't remember it. I have seen pictures, and so I know I was there in body. I look at my yearbook and I wonder if I'm actually remembering or just seeing the picture and thinking that's my memory. Whatever was going on at that time, I truly have to sit back and think, what happened that year? Eventually, I can piece together one or two true memories, but I was so wrapped up in what's next that I wasn't taking in right now. When we focus on what's going wrong in our lives, we aren't focusing on Jesus. When we worry or stew, when we plot or fixate, we are not preparing ourselves to either remember Christ at his birth or receive Christ upon his return. We do not know when Jesus will come again, but we know he is coming, and so we must be prepared. We must give grace today, not tomorrow. If we wait to start giving grace when the sign of the son of that the son of man is here, then it will be too late. We cannot sit and be idle and wasteful of this time. We cannot assume that nothing matters because Jesus is coming back. We do not know when, so we must take care now. If we wait, we will be too late, like when we wait to hear mom pulling into the garage to get started on our chore list. It's too late, we're in trouble. She's gonna find out. Give grace now, not eventually. Our hardships are not punishments from God. Our hardships are proof that Jesus was right all of the time. That some rough things were and going to happen, but that he is there right by our sides, protecting us as he wanted to protect Jerusalem, like the mother hen protecting her chicks. God's place is not to make our lives miserable, but to be reconciled with us. To gather together the creation from all four corners of the world and every place in between and give us hope within. It's interesting that Jesus would use Noah to illustrate his point. Because what we know of Noah and his ark is that those who were left were the righteous. And those that were not were the ones taken away by the waters. In these times of ours, we are still here, still able to live a life in Christ, still able to be a beacon for those who are lost, pointing them to Christ. We assume that being left alone to go about our lives is a bad thing, but maybe it's not. Because we get to watch someone as they get to know God, we can help those who are in need. We can live in the present, preparing others for a time when Christ will come again. And that seems like a pretty cool thing.
love it.